The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 189 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky, and this was our first full week with uh, no baseball, and I find myself increasingly uh, wondering, what the hell do I do to fill all this time? I'll give you some pointers on that when we finish recording. I I just, you know, the problem problem is I would love for college basketball to fill the time, but UCLA at the earliest tips at 730 Pacific, 1030 Eastern time, that's more of like a good nightcap, but it's not a filler. Yeah. um, Well, again, you want like, I mean, you could, there's the, I mean, the NBA is the easy one. You could really dive in and become a hockey guy. Max said to me last night, he suggested, he's like, we were going to talk about going to see a movie tonight, and the problem is, and this is of my own doing, I can't even go to the movies because I see all the movies. He's like, you've literally seen every movie that is playing in East Hanover, New Jersey tonight. We cannot go to the movies. You you two should drive down to Philadelphia for the Eagles Monday night game. I really dislike both teams, and that usually leads me to root for bad things to happen to the players um, and at times the stadium. So I'm going to avoid that situation. I'm practicing positivity, not negative Nancy. That's good. Practice at home so you can bring it back to the apartment. Exactly. The Practice what you preach. All right. I got a very fun Bovada Sportsbook.com pick of the week. Off Start the bat. The show. Love it. Right off the bat, fresh off. Betting odds for the 2023 World Baseball Classic are live. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, do you want me to go all the way down the board? Do you want me to do the long shots? No, because it's, I mean, it's funny. The way they, the MLB postseason works, it's not. The MLB, is it, can we call the MLB postseason a crapshoot? Yeah, on some level. It's not, I mean, the NBA, of all the major sports, the NBA is the one where you go. It's the I biggest crapshoot because at the end of the day, hockey, basketball, and football to some degree, one player can one player can single-handedly win or not so much lose, but can win you a postseason series. I mean, the NBA, we saw it. Luka, well, the NBA, look. Luca took, took down the Suns. Mahomes takes down everybody in football. And then hockey, the Lightning seem to be really good at this thing. So the average. I mean, it's probably too late now, but if you want to – Guarantee yourself some money on Bovada, Mahomes MVP. That was us not betting that before the NFL season was was bad. Yeah, we screwed up. Just bad common sense by by us. It's it's. I actually looked this morning. It's plus one twenty five now. Not even good odds. You can't take that, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's it's not good odds. Um, but looking at this, looking at this list, the four favorites in order. USA plus 300, defending champ. Dominican plus 370, Japan plus 400, Puerto Rico plus 800. I, I, I honestly, I, I'm, not actually, I'm one of the fans that looks for reasons to detract from the U.S. team. 
I think the U.S. has the best roster going. I think the U.S. lineup, I think it's unbelievable. But I just think it's kind of hard to repeat in these global challenges. So I will actually, based off the top four, give me Japan. Yeah, I think it also depends on who's pitching for the U.S. Like the the Dominican Republic right now are basically going to throw out the Astros pitching rotation. Javier and Fromber are both already committed, and that's a good start. And Sandy. That's the Cy Young winner, your AL Cy Young pick for next year, and the hottest pitcher in baseball over the last four months of the season this year. Yeah, so I didn't know that when I picked Japan, and this new information is making me change my pick to the Dominican Republic. Yep, that's reasonable. If you want a good long shot bet, um, I'm going to go USA plus 300 only because, you know, you look at the roster in 2017, and I was lucky enough to be at a few of those semifinal games. It was a good roster, but this is the first time ever in the history of the World Baseball Classic since 06, the inaugural year, that every MLB superstar, from the U.S. at least, is in on this. And uh, you ne- Look, you don't get that often enough. Like I guess the NBA gets most of their guys in the Olympics, but NHL pulled their guys out of the Winter Olympics. There is no international football competition, but this American lineup, it is the best of the best. You, this is when you envision what this um, uh, United States World Baseball Classic team could be. There are some exceptions, obviously, but this is pretty much the dream. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, if you want a good long shot bet, I'm going with the team that made the semifinals last time. Netherlands plus 3,400. Xander Bogarts. I don't know if he's playing because of his pending free agency, but they're fun to watch. They love each other. They have Bogarts and Simmons up the middle, and I'm going to Aruba in December. So we're going Netherlands plus 3,400 is our good value play. So this is where I would take the, I like that. That's one of my question marks with the U S team. Like everyone loves Mark DeRosa. Like, how do you not like, he's such, he's well-spoken good hustle guy on the field when he played. I don't know how well he can manage a game. Do we know who's managing the Netherlands team? Do we I want to it? say it's Bam Bam. Again. Is it Bam Bam again? And again, so that would be the pro Netherlands. Their manager is somebody who's experienced in this context. He knows what he's doing here. All interesting thoughts. Good analysis on the WBC. Um, I'm very excited for this to come back. And I wish they did it every four years instead of every six years because it really is. No, it's every three. No, unless that's new. The last time was 2017 for sure. Yeah, but I think it was canceled. Oh, you think we got pandemic? I think it was a pandemic cancellation. Another casualty of the pandemic. There were several casualties of the pandemic. All right, let's go to a more positive. Including Meatloaf. Let's go to a more positive note here. A lot of news coming out of Houston. The reigning World Series champs. uh, Some continuity, some shakeups the past week. But the big one is that Dusty Baker is back as manager of the Houston Astros uh, in 2023 on a one-year deal. Again, I have no idea what manager money looks like, but if you were to take a guess, what would you set the Bavada over-under on for Dusty's salary next year? It's so funny because I think managers tend to get underpaid, like relatively to the players for sure. And I think Dusty – like I, people should try and get as much money as they can every opportunity they have. But if you're 70-something years old or Dusty 70-something or 60-something, I think Dusty's like 73. Yeah, I think if you're 73 years old and you're actually just doing this because you love doing this, he has nothing. I mean, is he getting $3 million a year to do this? I'd say under five. 
I'll go four then. Let's split the difference. Um, my other over-under, which I'll get to at the end of my little Dusty spiel here, um, is how much longer do you think Dusty Baker is the manager of the Astros? Over-under. I'll go over-under 2024 June. He's not getting fired midseason. A midseason departure from Dusty means he passed away in the dugout. You're really going for an uplifting podcast today. I don't I'm disagree. Just I'm, it, just, I'm just calling it like it is. I don't he's seven, he'll be 75. Like, he's not getting fired. All right. Or, so, in other words, do you think he's back after this year? I don't. I just – I don't see him – I think he's content to leave. And I think – or, you know, no, honestly, I, I can't answer this. It's such guesswork from – he can walk away at any point, and he's walking into his next stop to the Hall of Fame. So as long as he's enjoying it, he has no reason to leave. Um, if the new GM comes in and wants a younger guy that he can have something with, then he can do that after the season. But Dusty's not going anywhere unless he wants to. There's nothing performance-based to dictate his job security. Yeah, so Dusty, the past three seasons, you know, he was hired in 2020 after uh, A.J. Hinch was removed following the sign-stealing scandal. Um, 230 and 154 in three years, two pennants, World Series title, his first of his career. The one year they didn't make the World Series, they took the Rays to game seven, came back 3 0. We're only almost the second team in baseball history to do that. I mean, and you look under Dusty's watch, look, Hinch, Jeff Loonhow, those are the guys who oversaw these guys getting drafted and signed internationally and in their development in the minors, but. Framber Valdez, Javier, I mean, these are upper echelon guys who became legit Cy Young contenders under Dusty. Um, Verlander's going to win the Cy Young this year, so the pitching under Dusty has been fantastic. And that's despite the fact that Brent Strom's been gone the past two years, who's been a historically good pitching coach for them. Dusty this past year clips the 2000 win mark, 12th ever to do that. 2,093 wins. Um are currently ninth all time. He could pass Joe McCarthy at 2,125, Bucky Harris at 2,158, and Sparky Anderson at 2,194 next season. Um, he could be sixth place all time and pass Anderson with an 102 win season. Uh, but the Astros just won 106 games. Verlander is the only real free agent of note. I don't think either of us see him really leaving. Uh, so Dusty sixth all time on the managerial list next year is a real consideration. Um, I'm happy he's back. As I said, he's the only manager that I could have rooted for to win a World Series with the Astros. My distaste for them is very publicly known, and I don't hide for that. Um, but let's say, let's say the Astros lose in the ALCS next year, just for the sake of my spiel here. And that Dusty, seems to be that is the that's the floor. That's the, the Astros' floor. floor is the the floor is the Astros lose to whatever AL East team goes the furthest in the ALCS because that's how it's been since 2017 if they don't make it themselves. The Astros win 102 games, Dusty sixth all-time, uh, and he finishes career his career all told. Three pennants, one World Series title, sixth most wins of all time. Where does Dusty rank all-time on the managerial list, in your opinion, if that's how he finishes his career? So we're saying – they don't make they he's not getting a second title. Doesn't have a second title, but say it would be like his 12th division title, probably more. Three pennants, a ring, six most wins of all time. Can I do uh one of our favorite exercises of a cross score comparison? Sure. He's Andy Reid. Which is it 
all-time great regular season coach. Needed so the like one he, ring to get the recognition. Needed the one ring to get the recognition. A lovable figure. I mean, he's in a different boat than Andy because he played and was a beloved teammate and a very successful player. But as a manager, look. He invented he the high five. Every time we go like this, it's because of Dusty. So, I, I mean, he's not a top five all-time manager because he only has the one ring. You give Dusty a second ring, and then you can talk. But then you can start saying, like, they see on your Mount Rushmore of Hall of Fame managers. But I think his one ring and body of work is better than the Bochi three rings and body of work. I think that's a fair comparison. It's interesting. It's like one guy we mentioned here. Like, I would have Sparky Anderson above Dusty still. Because he won three World Series, took the Tigers and won World three World Series with two different teams in both leagues. So, and again, with managers, it's such an arbitrary conversation. But I think the Andy Reid comparison was spot on because now that Dusty does have this ring, we are mentioning him in the same conversation of the Sparky Andersons of the world. A year ago, we would say Dusty, he's the classic close but no cigar guy. He was a... Yeah, no. So he got the one, he walks into the Hall of Fame, and his Hall of Fame... When that day comes, I mean, the players in attendance at his Hall of Fame induction will be all done. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a party. Because he loves to party. It, it's going to be a one for the ages. So Dusty's back in Houston. Uh, but interestingly enough, GM James Click, who was brought into Houston at the same time as Dusty, is not back. Um, Click formally rejected Houston's one-year offer to return to the organization. Jim Crane said, we are grateful of all James' contributions. We've had great success in each of the three seasons, and James has been an important part of that success. I want to personally thank him and wish him and his family well going forward. Again, he came over from the Rays organization. Um, there have been reports suggesting there's been friction between owner James Crane and Click dating back more than a month now. Uh, but again, the general expectation would be that if Houston won the World Series, Click would be retained. Um, I think it was Larry... Not Larry McPhail, but it was Larry something. The last GM that won the World Series and not come back the next year by their own choosing was the 1947 Yankees. We're going back that far. Um, Crane did give him an opportunity, but again, okay, that's that. I got. I'm going to cut you off. That's a some. This is not. This feels like. I guess technically it was by his own choosing. This feels like he was let go. No, it's this, yeah. This re- it's, this reads as though he was let. It's a giant fuck you to click. I mean, again, he takes over the front office when it is in turmoil. Two ALs, an ALCS appearance, a pennant, a World Series. You kept moving up the ladder every single time. Signed Hector Neris in free agency, traded for Ryan Stenick, gave Verlander a new deal. Um, Kendall Graveman, Rafael Montero, Brooks Raley, Yimi Garcia, all of these relief pitchers who were such a huge part of that Astros dominant bullpen, all acquired by click. I mean, again, this guy has done a fantastic job. Uh, and to be honest with you, if I'm the Yankees, if you want to keep Cashman, to me, this is the best of all worlds. Make Cashman the team president. Make Click the GM who handles day-to-day. Best of all worlds there. I, I again, I, I, guess I, have, I guess I have a couple questions for you with this one. The first would be, um, what would you say the Bavada odds are that we see Click in another front office next year or do you think he just takes some time to reboot and waits for the perfect job, knowing he'll be an attractive candidate? I, I mean, to me right now, if I'm the Yankees, I'm calling. And to be honest, if I'm the Mets, I'm calling to make him president of baseball ops. You keep Billy. If I'm any team, I'm calling. But like, say what you want about the Houston sign stealing thing. He's grown up. Nothing to do with this. 
He had nothing to do with that. He grew up in the Houston and Tampa Bay organizations, two of the model franchises. Those are the those are the front offices where you want to pluck people. So if you're if that Cashman up click in move, if that's on the table, the Yankees should do that yesterday. So here are my couple questions on the Astros themselves. I do think we'll see click in baseball again soon. I think he takes the year. If the uh, I think coming from where he is now, there's no sense in trying to be. You don't want to go out there and try and save the Nationals. You don't want to go out there and be the face of a rebuilding Cincinnati team. You want to make sure you get the right guy. Well, here's a question along those lines, too. You know, he was the GM in Houston, but there was no president of baseball ops above him. Do you think he would be comfortable going to a team where there's somebody above him that he had to report to? I don't know, Mara. Like, to me at this point, I'm 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 not reporting to anybody unless we're talking about another guy who was in rarefied air, like uh, Dombrowski, for instance. And again, that this is they have they have no indication um, that they're who's their GM? It's the guy, the outfielder. I'm drawing a blank. Who? What team? The Phillies. The Phillies have an outfielder as GM? No, it, it was a guy who used to play outfield. Uh, Sam Fold. This is not to say that they're going to fire Sam Fold, um, but it would have to be under that guy. Like if I'm click again, I think you've more than proven that you should be running the show of your own team. And what do you think this does to the prospective candidates for the Astros. I mean, again, Jim Crane is not an easy guy to work with. He basically denied any responsibility in the sign-stealing scandal, threw it all on hinge in the players, you know, whether that's fair or not. And now, again, you can't have a much better three-year stretch than James Click just had, and you offer him, a, as you said, almost a token one-year deal just to save face. Is anyone going to want to go and work for this guy at this point? That's what I would be most afraid of if I was an Astros fan. Now, once this core goes away, uh, are they going to? Is he seems like there's something off with him? He keeps losing people, and when you keep, if you have that reputation as an owner, that's really hard to come back. From. You, it's hard to come back from being the dictate, the dictatorial, my way or the highway owner. We saw that's with George. Mm-hmm. Here's my last. George question. Always, but George had the advantage of blowing up cut people essentially blank checks. Here's my last question about Houston, and then we'll move on to some uh, transaction notes. Do you think there's any universe where Theo Epstein's running the Astros next year and he just takes over a Death Star-type operation? I don't think so. I think Theo is hes too smart for his own good sometimes, and having rescued the Red Sox and rescued the Cubs, there's no, the appeal for him wouldn't be Let's go to Houston where it's a World Series bust. He wants to be – he likes to be the hero. He's like Batman. He likes a challenge. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll see what happens in Houston. I, I mean, again, maybe David Stearns gets in the mix for this job. You know, there's plenty of candidates out there. I just think it's going to be really interesting to see who wants to work under Jim Crane knowing – you know, Click dominated the past three years. They are the new model franchise in sports, and he basically got shown the door. Uh, a couple guys who did not get shown the door, Clayton Kershaw back in Los Angeles, one-year deal worth close to $20 million. Uh, the Dodgers, similarly to how they did last year, uh, they decided against issuing Kershaw a qualifying offer, uh, but the 34-year-old will be set to return to L.A. for a 16th season. Kershaw uttered, doesn't utterly dominate like he used to, 
Um, and that's mostly just because of innings, but on a per start basis, he's still one of the best in baseball. Uh, this past year started the all-star game, 126 in the third innings, 228 ERA, only made 20 starts because of two separate trips to the IL with lower back problems, but 27.8% strikeout rate, immaculate walk rate when he was healthy. You know, the fastball velocity is down a bit, but you know, like a lot of lefties that we've seen, uh, he's able to alter his usage, leans pretty heavily on the slider, and that's allowed him to ma- maintain successful numbers as he's aged. Um, by coming back, A, we ensure that Kershaw will never be seen in another uniform for now. Uh, but B, he'll move closer to taking off a few milestones in his Hall of Fame career. He's 12 pitching wins this past year, took him to 197 for his career. So he's looking to join the 200-win club next year. Uh, and again, the only active pitchers to do that are fellow future Hall of Famers, Verlander, Granke, and Scherzer. He's 193 strikeouts behind uh, shy of 3,000. That likely won't be reached this year, uh, given he hasn't reached 190 in a season since 2017. But he comes back for two years. It's certainly possible. And again, from the Dodgers' perspective, Bueller's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Gonsolin was hurt last year. Dustin Mays in year two back off surgery. You know, Urias is the only sure thing in that rotation. They needed Kershaw back. Uh, what are your thoughts on A, the signing, B, the dollar amount if they actually gave him $20 million. The qualifying offers $19.65 million for context. Um, and then I got a few over-unders for you with Kershaw. So I'll let you answer A and B first. I mean, this move was going to happen. This was inevitable. Like, Kershaw wasn't leaving the Dodgers unless if he, he's in a similar spot to Dusty where as long as he wants to do it for them, he can do it for them. Dollar figure makes sense if you go on the first star basis. He's still Clayton Kershaw when, he, when he's out there. Um, and then I say, so I guess, what were the other questions? Those were the two I remember. Those were the, those were the two main ones. Uh, my other question would be Bavada over under on year Clayton Kershaw retires. I'll go end of the 2024 season. He's not like pitchers can pitch until they're old. It's just Kershaw's been hurt so badly. Like if you're saying, if you set the over under at two and a half, I would take the under, but I don't even know if he gets through another season after this. I'm going to take, <laughs> I'm going to take the, I guess it would be the over in this case. I think he pitches through 2024 only because I know he's not a numbers oriented guy, but I do think 3000 strikeouts is one of those last few like epic round numbers we have left in baseball. That's a real milestone. And then again, 200 wins, 3000 strikeouts, the Cy Youngs, everything else speaks for themselves. Uh, I'm going to pull up his baseball reference page real quick and see if there's anything else that I'm missing. And again, the window is still open for him to win that second ring as well. If he's an all-star one more time as well, 10-time all-star for whatever that's worth. Uh, So I do think we see Kershaw for another two years. And again, I think both sides are doing it smart. They know Kershaw in small doses is still very effective and can be a dominant starter. You just keep bringing him back for right around whatever the qualifying offer is. Makes sense for all parties. Yeah, I mean, he is... Since they moved to Los Angeles, he's the best player in franchise. At this point, he it's him and Koufax. And I mean, and Sandy had a little bit of Brooklyn. And Sandy walked away early. Yeah, Kershaw is not. But I think the fact that we're even mentioning him in the same breath as Sandy Koufax tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, but I mean, we know who Clayton Kershaw is. When our kids are doing this podcast, they say, when we're mentioning him in the same breath as Clayton Kershaw, that tells you. That's how good Clayton Kershaw is. He's going to be the standard bearer for future generations. For the uh, next generation of left-handed pitchers, be prepared. 
Um, let's talk about a booming week for the relief pitcher market, and none of them are closers, so I was a little surprised. Uh, the first is in San Diego, where Robert Suarez got a five-year, $46 million guarantee that allows him to opt out after the 2025 season. He declined a $5 million player option earlier this week. Contract will pay him $10 million each of the three seasons, um, and if he opts out after 2025, he'll leave $16 million on the table, $8 million in 2026 and 2027. There's also bonuses that max out at $3 million if he reaches 55 games finished. Um, and the Venezuelan native had never played in the majors before this year. He pitched five seasons at Japan's highest level. Padres signed him to a two-year deal last winter that allowed him to opt out this year. Um, the gamble was that his stuff would play against big league hitters, and it really paid off well. I mean, after his first major league appearance where he walked two batters and hit a third, um, he really bounced back in a huge debt way from the second day of the season onward, 17 ERA through 47 and two-thirds innings, 32.4% uh, strikeout rate, which is elite, 10.1% walk rate isn't terrible, 97-98 mile-per-hour fastball, big 80s, upper 80s changeup, um, one save, 11 holds, worked in high-leverage relief pitch relief situations all year. He became the fourth reliever in the past decade to land a five-year guarantee, joining Canley Jansen, Aroldis Chapman, and Edwin Diaz. But all of those guys had closing experience and multiple seasons of big league success under their belt. Um, Wade Davis, Liam Hendricks, Mark Melanton, and Rysel Iglesias, they all bested a $46 million total over four or fewer seasons. So again, there's not really a huge comp for this. Um, but I give the Padres credit. Look, I mean, Suarez and Hayter next year could shape up to be the best eighth nine in Major League Baseball. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Suarez signing? And then as a follow-up, do you think that this move was made as a hedge for letting Josh Hader go following the 2023 season uh, just because they aren't going to want to pay him whatever astronom astronomical contract we would think Hader's looking at? No, I think they're in a win-now mode, and I think Hader's part of the long-term future. But I think – I mean, who's more likely to re-up long-term, Soto or Hader? I think Soto. Again, I would say that would be my under-the-radar. If I had to make a wild, bold prediction for the offseason, Fernando Tatis Jr. gets traded. I heard today they're going to move him to left field so Kim can play shortstop. Um, it's not crazy. You just need someone to take on the contract and be willing to deal with the character issues of the past couple of years. Uh, I, I, to me, I read this as they gave Suarez that money with one year of experience and no closing experience. This is, it's the same reason the Yankees traded for Bader. That was a hedge, I think, in case Judge left. I think this is their way of saying we're going to have a dominant eight nine this year. And at a minimum, you'll be our closer in 2024 if Hader goes. Cause then if you look at this through the lens of closer money, it's not a terrible contract, but for a setup, man, it's decent cash. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. It's like a smart move. And again, when you have quality relievers, don't let them go. They seem to be very hard to buy. And along those lines, um, we have another relief pitcher who re-upped in Houston, another setup man. This one, probably just as surprising as Suarez if I told you before the year what he was going to be getting paid. Rafael Montero, three-year, $34.5 million deal um, with the Astros. Third elite reliever to fall off the board, joining Suarez and Edwin Diaz. Coming into 2021, uh, Montero had a 0.1 baseball reference war and 6.39 ERA. Bad of the Houston Penn this year, and we saw this firsthand in the ALCS uh, how dominant this guy could be. 32 year old through 68 in the third innings, um, 2.8 ERA, 26.8% strikeout rate, 8.6% walk out walk rate. Uh, he's leaned heavily on the fastball, cut back on the slider and sinker usage. 
Hitters have found it incredibly difficult to square up. Um, and again, same thing now. They have Montero and Presley locked up. That bullpen is going to remain dominant for a long, long time. There's a ton of pieces that we can discuss. But I guess in general, my question for you before I circle back to the Astros is if setup men are getting this money, you know, what is like a Kenley Jansen or someone who's a quote unquote proven closer? Like, what does the free agent market look for guys who have pitched the ninth inning routinely if dominant setup men are getting anywhere from 10 to 12 million a year right now? Or are they just independent of one another? And it is what it is. I mean, they're getting that and Edwin got 20. I guess that's all that needs to be said. Minimum, a dominant closer is looking at 15 plus. Must be nice to make that much money. We're must doing be. just fine, Chase. We got nothing to complain about. If Boston it must be nice to make 15 million to pitch like 60 times. Yeah, that does seem kind of. Oh. But then I guess the to- the comparison is starters make thirty five million to pitch thirty times. Well, if you do it by inning, we'll see. The most it's nice fascinating. At, it's nice to be good at sports. The most fascinating uh, component of this to me is that we don't really know who negotiated this deal from the Houston side. James Click is gone. You know, apparently the Houston Chronicle reported that um, assistant GM Andrew Ball is running the day to day operations, but. You know, for a while, I thought maybe Jeff Bagwell negotiated this deal because we just have no idea what's going on in Houston right now. I don't think Bagwell did it. would be cool, though. Just let Bagwell and Biggio take over. Who says no? Fans wouldn't. Fans wouldn't. Bagwell and Biggio wouldn't. And you see owners sometimes just like to hire their friends. Hey, that friend is 1-0 for the Indianapolis Colts. Any given Saturday. And he made made Derek Carr cry. Uh, qualifying offers went out this week. Um, again, the qualifying offer is the average salary of the 125 highest paid players in the MLB this year. It's $19.65 million. It's a one-year deal that if you accept, it's a one-year deal. You play on that salary. If you decline and another team signs you in free agency, um, the team that signs you gives draft pick compensation to the, your, your uh, former team. Um, and again, you can't get a qualifying offer if you're traded midseason. And once you've gotten it once, you can't get it again. Um, so there's 14 players. I think there's a handful who might accept this. So before I give the list, keep in mind, uh, and I'll ask you to respond, my Bavada over-under on qualifying offers accepted this year is one and a half. Here's the list. Judge, Trey Turner, Bogarts, DeGrom, Dansby, Rodone, Nemo, Wilson Contreras, Bassett, Rizzo, Tyler Anderson, Martin Perez, Jack Peterson, Nate Evaldi. Some of those we could go right away and say, Judge. I would say under one and a half. So uh, there's a couple players who I think, basically there's four players who I think could be in contention for this. Tyler Anderson, Martin Perez, Jack Peterson, Nate Evaldi. Um, The reasons being, I think in Jock's case, 19 and a half million. You just take that money. You signed a one-year, $6 million deal last year. Take the money. Avaldi was hurt last year. I think you take a one-year, $20 million, basically prove-it contract, get healthy, get your long-term deal. Unless the Red Sox give them a long-term deal, which is possible. Tyler Anderson and Martin Perez, I think, are the two interesting ones from the standpoint of you're not going to go close to $20 million a year. But that might be as good as it gets last year. Do you take the big money for one year or try to get, you know, some more security and length? And that's why I think amongst those four guys, two are going to accept. I think Jock. I think Jock's ready to cash in. Jock hasn't been paid yet. He's coming his last three, his last three seasons, he's won the World Series, won the World Series, been an all-star. But what is but what does cashing in even look like for a guy who unfortunately 
still profiles best as a platoon outfielder almost. A lot of my opinion here is shaped off. I would have said Brandon Nimmo, perfect qualifying guy. That's a perfect candidate. But the Rockies are supposedly offering him $120 million. Like, you don't think a team's out there giving Jack that offer? No, I don't. I like. I know he's a winner, and I know he's a good clubhouse guy. I think Nemo's an everyday player with like a three eighty on base percentage. I just think Jack has been he's been moved around a lot. He might. No, want I think to. he probably wants to find a home. I could also see him. You know, he's not at that stage in his career yet, but think like an Eric Hinsky type, like a good clubhouse guy who just produces and goes from winning team to winning team. I think Perez. Perez was the Rangers' best pitcher by far. Perez was an all-star. He was a legit all-star, not like a token team representative. Like, Perez was the kind of guy when the Rangers were playing early in the season, Perez is on the mound, let's take the Rangers. Movado would give us good odds on the Rangers, even on a Perez start. I don't. Th- I think he looks for a longer-term deal. Anderson, your points are valid. This was probably the peak. Um, but I think you can get more. I think some of these guys just want more. Evaldi's always so up and down. He may just want one more big payday and then settle into next year. Evaldi's the guy I think. Yeah, I think it just depends on what these players and their agents' mentality is and what they want out of this, basically. Do you want like Evaldi most- probably has one more bigger contract in him, nowhere near $20 million a year for that guy. But I think whatever offers are out there for him this year will be out there next year. So he might as well get a bigger I think you. I think for Evaldi, I agree. You cash in for one year, you get healthy. I mean, this is a guy who two years ago finished top five in the Cy Young voting. 2021, not even two years ago, last year. Yeah. All right, one minor league signing, Braves, Nick Anderson, one-year deal. Um, I bring this up because you sent me the tweets. Passan correctly reported it, Nick Anderson. Our friend Bob Nightingale tweeted it as Nick Martinez for the Padres. That was not the case. One-year, $875,000 contract in the big leagues. 32 years old, one of the best relievers in baseball in 2019 and 20. Splitting uh, time with the Marlins and Rays. 277 ERA, 42.2% strikeout rate. A lot of elbow problems since then. Uh, but again, if you're the Braves, make a deep bullpen deeper for less than a million dollars. Why not? These Why are the not? moves that every contending team take a flyer on, guys. Dodgers did it last year with Tommy Canely. It's just, I look, it's not our money, so it's easy for me to say. But for especially for these Richards teams, it's just money. It is just money. That's a solid pickup. It's just money. Like, right, I don't cover, have a ton of analysis. It's solid. A couple, couple of minor trades this week. Uh, Garrett Cole killer G-Man Choi heading from the Rays to the Pirates uh, in exchange for Jack Hartman in a one-for-one swap. Uh, Choi in his first year with the Rays, 269, 375-06 line and 49 games down the stretch. Uh, he does strike out a fair amount, but has been an above-average overall hitter. Does the best split in baseball at first base in each of the past reasons. Uh, he's hit between 229 and 233 the whole time. Plenty of free passes, 14% walk rate. Uh, On-base percentage has been between 330 and 350. Going back to the start of 2020, 231, 342, 339 hitter, uh, 114 WRC+. Mashes righties, good lefty. Thinking Asian Daniel Vogelback. This move to me, I literally just think from the standpoint of every time G-Man Choi was up against Garrett Cole when we played Tampa, I was shitting in my pants, which is a crazy thing to say out loud. I think they're going to love this guy in Pittsburgh. Just like a fun guy to watch play baseball. Fun personality. As America's public defender, I have, I'm have i obligated to bring it up. G-Man Choi. Sneaky PED guy. Is he? Hopped in the minors. Huh. It's okay. He's fun. 
I'm just telling it like it is. If I don't bring it up, no one else will. Second trade was the Reds acquiring uh, Nick Solak from the Rangers. 28-year-old, uh, was a second-round pick of the Yankees in 2016. Eventually made his way to Texas, uh, made his major league debut there. Down the stretch of 2019 in 33 games at 293, 391. Uh, since then, he hasn't been able to quite maintain those results. 2020 and 2021, 253-18, 57-slash line. This past year, 35 big league games, didn't hit a ton. He was on the injured list due to a left foot fracture. Uh, the team sent him to Cincinnati instead of adding him back to the roster. Rebuilding Reds team, get a guy who could play everywhere, best case scenario, uh, which is ironic because he was traded for Brandon Jury. This is Brandon Jury 2.0. I feel like I have bad memories of Nick Solak on a fantasy team where I just find him, I think he's terrible. That's reasonable. I, he had a lot of hype coming into a lot of years the past couple seasons. Yeah. So, unfortunately, my opinions of Nick Solak are forever tainted by a bad two-week fantasy stretch. That'll do it. Which happens. That's how the modern sports man works. Jake Odorizzi back on the move again. This will be his sixth team and probably like his fourth trade. Uh, they traded – Rangers traded for him from the Braves for Kobe Allard. Uh, Kobe Allard, again, former first-round pick of the Braves, so a reunion there. One-for-one one swap. Atlanta will recover 10 of his $12.5 million salary, um, which was locked in when the veteran starter exercised a player option for next year. 4-2-1 ERA with Houston in 2021. 3-7-5 mark at the deadline when he was traded to Atlanta for Will Smith. Didn't pitch great for the Braves down the stretch, uh, but his strikeout rate's still around 20%. Quality innings guy. Um, you know, the definition of a middle-of-the-arm starter, or middle-of-the-rotation starter. And again, I think that's what the Rangers need. They just need guys who give them length while, you know, the lighters, the... Um, Kumar Rockers of the world, get ready. Uh, for Kobe Allard, he was first-round pick of the Braves in 2015. They traded him to Texas for Chris Martin in 2019. Take a shot. This is mostly a salary dump for them, it looks like, but could be a lefty bullpen arm. But I like this move for the Rangers. If you're getting Oda Rizzi for what essentially amounts for $2.5 million, just let him eat innings. Let him do his thing. Guy's pitched everywhere. He's pitching a lot of playoff games. Your point was fair on Wade Outlighter and Rocker, but I think when you have the offseason they had going into last season, they're, they'll be in on DeGrom, they'll be in on Rodone. They need that front end A starter. No, I agree with you. I do think they'll be in on the A starters. I think if Kershaw hadn't re-signed, obviously because of the hometown connection, he would have been a Ranger if he wasn't a Dodger. And it'll be interesting to see what this new regime does. Chris Young running the show full-time, no John Daniels. And they spent a shit ton of money in the middle infield last offseason to not have any good pitching. So I agree with you. I think they'll be in on the big arms. But in the meantime, Odorizzi, decent enough get. Uh, I want to talk about two team leaders whose options were declined. Uh, the first of which is Justin Turner and the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers announced that they have declined their $16 million option. And Justin Turner receives a $2 million buyout and heads to free agency. I don't think it gets talked enough about. Team option buyouts are great. Like the Dodgers are just saying, yeah, we don't want you back, but here's a $2 million severance package. That's incredible. I mean, I, I, that, like I said a couple minutes ago, is that a crazy spin zone by me? It's awesome to be really good at sports. Yep. Uh, Turner's reached free agency twice in his Dodgers career and resigned with the club. Four year, $64 million contract in 2016. 2020, two-year, $34 million deal with the team. Uh, and again, for the first half of 2022 in his age 37 season, it seemed like Turner would not be back. 227, 298, 375 slash line. But in the second half, 163 uh, WRC plus, and he hit 344, 12, 514, 
uh, from July onward. So all told, 278, 350, 438 slash line, 123 WRC plus. Unless the Dodgers are about to really shake up their infield, I would be surprised if Turner is not back. Um, but I'll get your I'll get your thoughts on this. Do you think Justin Turner's back? And if so, I'll set the Bavada over under at two years, twenty eight million dollars. Does that include the two million buyout he just? I think I I would take an under on that salary. I think his time in Dodger, his time as the everyday third baseman is coming to an end. I think he's not. He started off really slow last year, and I don't anticipate him aging particularly great. Um, and the Dodgers are in forever win now. They are as they are in win now until for the foreseeable future. And I'm not sure if Justin Turner fits that timeline. If it does, like everything you said last week about Turner, he's got really strong ties to that LA community. So I don't see him wanting to leave the West Coast. Um, if the Angels were to move off a of Rendon, would Justin Turner make sense to stop gap their basement there? Yeah. But uh, that is a big if they could move off the red down money. Like having a DH available helps his case, but he's kind of becoming the Dodgers, what Brett Gardner was for the Yankees, where they may want to start taking this year to year on like a $10 million annual salary. I think he's better numbers than Gardner, but I, I definitely appreciate the comparison. I also think there'll be no shortage of suitors for Turner if he hits free agency. Um, because again, the huge second half made the overall body of work great. This guy's a winner, big in the postseason. You know, the COVID snafu in 2020, notwithstanding. And I just think he's a leader. I think he's proven with the Dodgers. It's like Kershaw's the guy, but you look at this mini dynasty. I said it last week. Like, I think of Turner as the heartbeat of that team. I think plenty of contenders will be around to sign him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Justin Turner isn't in Los Angeles for the first time in nearly a decade. Uh, another guy who's been with his team for a very, very long time. is he'll, Kevin- be thir- he'll be 38. I mean, he's from Long Beach, and he'll be 38 um, in about you know a little over a week. Yeah, I think if the Dodgers back, it's it bring him back. That is his wife, Courtney. Chase, you never you mentioned his wife. You, Justin Turner has a good-looking wife. I don't focus on appearance. I focus on the fact that she's a great person who was part of my charitable organization. No, I'm happy. I mean, I'm happy. Everything you said is true. She, I mean, Justin Turner. She looks like that and has the heart that you said she has. He's like, I mean, I have nothing but nice things to say about Courtney Turner. Yeah, one thing I'll say, if the Dodgers bring him back, I don't think it's like the token. I've used the word token three times now. I need to think of a better word than that. I don't think it's like a charitable case of bringing back a team leader. Like, Turner could still produce. It's just not what it used to be. It'll still you're be much saying, better. You're, you're saying that I was insulting him when I called him Brett Gardner. A little bit. I just don't, he's, re, I mean, 38. It's a good, no, it's a good comparison. I just think Turner's been much more productive than Gardner was towards the end. Gardner towards the end had, was infuriating. Yeah, we love Gardner, though. Kevin no, Kiermeyer. He was so infuriating. No, nah, I love Gardner. Kevin Kiermeyer out in Tampa, $2.5 million buyout, free agency for the first time in his career. Would have been in line for a $13 million salary uh, with a $10.5 million gap between the option value and buyout price. Cutting him loose was pretty easy. Three gold gloves in his career, signed a $53.5 million extension with the Rays in 2017. He's been in Tampa for 10 years. A lot of people have gone. He's been the constant. I don't think Tampa brings him back personally, uh, but I want your thoughts on this. Given his strong defensive play, postseason history with the Rays, 
he screams St. Louis Cardinal to me. I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna say they got rid of Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader's coming back in the form of Kevin Kiermaier, like a big culture and clubhouse guy, a winner, strong glove, baseball guy through and through. Put him screams Cardinal. Yep. Oh my god! Wow, mind reader is on that. You put him like I feel like you put him in like the eight nine spot. You have him as double lead off. Hope he gets on enough to. Uh, let, uh, let Arenado Goldschmidt drive him home, but he that's a textbook Cardinal right there. Yeah, no, through and through. Rays also, I usually don't mention front office news, but uh, John Daniels, new senior advisor for baseball ops with the Rays. Again, this is the former president of baseball operations for the Rangers. They're bringing him in there. Uh, they said that he will be supporting baseball ops senior leadership by utilizing his extensive experience in the industry to help further inform decision-making. This is something the Dodgers and the Rays do exceptionally well. If there's former GMs out there on the market, hire them. Those guys had jobs for a long time for a reason. Bring them in. All they're going to do is help. Get on the Rays. The rich get richer. Just get the – I mean, John Daniels had a good run in Texas. He was there. He had two – he had one very good run and then one pretty good run. I mean, he's – there's not many players we could say this about – or front office guys we could say this about. He's unequivocally – the best head of baseball operations the Rangers have had in their franchise history. There's no one else you can even make the case for. No, he's over. No, not even close. All right, let's talk awards. The BBWAA awards get announced this week, so that'll be on next week's show as part of our free agent bonanza. We were going to do it this week, but there actually ended up being a little bit of news. Uh, Hank Aaron Award winners for the most valuable hitters in baseball were announced Wednesday. Or sorry, the best offensive performer in each year's. Uh, and of the 46 previous winners, 22 were named MVP in each year. Each team nominated a uh, player. Panel of MLB writers selected 16 finalists, eight from each league from the 30 nom- nominees. Uh, and the winners were chosen by a panel of Hall of Famers, including Ken Griffey Jr., Chipper, Pedro Smoltz, Bench, Craig Biggio, Eddie Murray, and Robin Yount. Hopefully that's the Hall of Fame ballot. Um, and Judge and Goldschmidt won, unsurprisingly. Judge led all baseball in home runs, RBIs, runs scored, OBP, slugging, OPS, and total bases. Goldschmidt led the National League in slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus, top three in runs, RBIs, total bases, average, on base percentage, and war. Uh, Goldschmidt, twice runner-up as the NL MVP. I think he's going to win it this year. To me, this seems like it will now be 24 players to win the Hank Aaron Award and the MVP in the same year. Voters got this right. Best offensive players won. Yeah, no, they got it right. When they get it right, we move on. Platinum Glove Award winners. So this is the Rolling Platinum Glove Award given to the best defensive player in the AL and NL. Uh, those were announced Friday. And the National League, perennial Bovada favor for this award, Nolan Arenado, took the award home for the sixth consecutive year in the NL. Uh, again, he's won 10 gold gloves. The second Platinum Glove Award is a Cardinal. Uh, 19 defensive runs saved were the most among, or were fourth amongst all qualified position players. Guy's a beast. Need no explanation there. Uh, but did you ever think in the Yankees' wildest dreams that when they traded for Jose Trevino, this guy would be the Platinum Glove Award winner? Again, I know it's like kind of a made-up award, but that means that people thought he was the best defender in the American League. That's unbelievable. I mean, he led all American League catcher with 21's defensive runs saved, third amongst all position players, but. Cashman crushed this one. Hip, hip, Jose. Good for him. I do like that. If we want to touch on the gold glove thing, speaking of Yankee fielding, and we'll talk about it next week when it wins the MVP. Judge, I feel like, is the best defender on the Yankees. I think the problem was, my dad actually brought this up to me last night. I think the problem was he just alternated too much between center and right. 
But he I, didn't alternate enough amongst other positions to be included in this Fugaz utility award. Okay, fair. But it's just when he was out there, you knew the ball was getting caught, and he had a and he made the big time throws. And my favorite statistic is the outfield assists. I think an outfielder. That's why I have a forever a soft spot for Melky Cabrera. You must think as Waldo Cabrera is the best defensive outfielder in the history of baseball. That based nope. on his first month, Melky Cabrera. Melky. PD guy, I got to bring it up. He is a PED guy. He's not even a sneaky PED. No, he's like the opposite. He's like, I'm going to take PEDs and get paid PED guy. He's like, I'm going to take PEDs, win an all-star game MVP, get kicked off the World Series team, and then just keep trying to follow Cano around. Yeah, and then peace, and then peace out. Good luck. Love that, man. All right. Silver Slugger Award winners were announced this week. Uh, here are the winners. Nate Lowe in Texas. He's going to get a little blurb just because I don't think anybody really knows who he is. 302, 358, 492 slash line, 27 home runs, 76 RBIs. Uh, set career highs in all those categories, OPS plus and total bases. It's his first win. I'm surprised that they gave Vlad the gold glove and not this, though. I think it's Nate Lowe's first and last win. Not a Nate Well done. Paul Goldschmidt, NL first base. That's, like, that's solid. Goldie, his fifth win at first in the NL at uh, first base. That was redundant on my end. Apologies. Altuve, sixth win at second base in the American League. Jeff McNeil, batting champ, first win in the National League. They gave it to Xander at shortstop in the AL. I'm fine with it. That was my pick. It's fine. You, you give it well. him. You give it He's a really good. I would, I would have been content either way. Yeah. Yeah, Bichette, too. Big RBI. Down. I think the problem with Bichette, though, I think the voters probably realize this, his numbers were just so skewed from an all-time last month and change of the season. It's all about how you finish. It's true. Trey Turner, first win in the National League. Beat out Lindor and Dansby Swanson there. Uh, American League, third baseman Jose won it for the fourth time. They gave it to Arenado over Machado. I'm interested to see how they finished in the MVP race. It was Arenado's fifth win. I would have gone Machado there. AL outfield, Judge's third, J-Rod's first, uh, and Mike Trout's ninth. Only snub I could think of is maybe Kyle Tucker, but I think he gets all like, the all-MLB team. I like giving it to the young guy. NL, Mookie's fifth win, Schwarber's first win, Soto's third win. I get the Soto thing. I just, the guy hit 247. Soto got it? I didn't even see that. Yeah, his third win. That's yuck to me, man. That's like that. I don't love that. I don't like. I actually don't even like that. That that's he stole it. He, that's that Soto got it because no, nope, nope. hold, hold your stolen, hold your stolen takes for a second. Kirk won in the AL his first deserving. JT's third in the NL catcher. ALDH Jordan. Yeah, I probably would have given it to him over uh, Otani. That's fine. NL winner. What the fuck, man? They gave this it to Josh Bell his cool. first win. Josh Bell in the second half hit 192, 316, 271 with San Diego, 17 home runs and seven RBIs. Albert was the best hitter in baseball in the second half and had more home runs than Josh Bell and hit a 700th home run. Nationally voters, you really screwed up. This could have been the show Like, what if Pujols doesn't get in the Hall of Fame now? It's a goddamn travesty. It's, I mean, look, we'll talk about Albert as long as we have a show. This is fucked up. Josh Bell. As long as I have any bones in my body left, we will be talking about Albert. <laughs> and now people are going to hate Josh Bell. 
And Josh Bell I kind of liked before this. And it's not his fault. He's just the victim of circumstance. But this was Pujols' award. He was the story. Two stories of this baseball season. Aaron Judge, Albert Pujols. Yep. I'm with More you. than that. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, utility, new award. Luis Arias won his first in the American League. Batting champ, I agree. Brandon Jury in the NL. Sure. Well, the fucking Padres traded for three Silver Slugger award winners. That's a crazy statistic. I, I would venture to say that's a record. And I'd venture, I would go on record. That might be up there with the uh, the Ripken consecutive games thing. It's unbreakable records in baseball. Sir. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, last and not least, the all MLB team ballots have been released. Let's do some voting real quick. Um, first base, one player. I'm going Goldschmidt. I'm going to get, I just want Freddie to get more recognition for his awesome season. So I'm going to keep voting for Freddie to win stuff. But it shouldn't be. Let me ask you this Have Freddie finished top three in the MVP vote? Would that have changed your mind at all? I mean, no, because Goldschmidt's going to win MVP and Goldschmidt's going to win this. But I'm going to vote for Freddie begrudgingly. Second base, I'm going Altuve. I am too. Short stop, a lot of options here. I got to go Trey, though. Trey had the best season this year. Third base was my toughest one. Um, as great as Jose was, I'm going Manny. And Arnado. I mean, look, you got two guys who Jose, 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 and Arnado is going to finish a worst third in the MVP vote. I think Arenado gets it. I love Manny. I just think this is a good spot for Jose to get the recognition, leading a team that had no business winning his division to the 90-plus wins in the playoffs. Catcher, JT. Easy. One of the easiest choices on the board. DH, I know we love Albert. I'm going Jordan, though. Albert Albert would be if I was voting as a fan. Jordan is how I'm voting as Big J journalists right now. I'm going to do Albert. I, you're, everything you said is right, but let's go with Albert. Hope. Outfield, you get three. I'm going Judge. I'm going Mookie. I'm going Julio. You're not going for Soto like those other writers? No. Nope, I think and- Judge... Judge and Mookie are the easy choices. I mean, uh, for me, it's between. It was between Julio, Schwarber, Tucker, and Trout. Schwarber had the power numbers, but hit 218. Trout, I just think as great as he was, didn't play enough games. And you could then compare Tucker and Julio. I think the Astros are a juggernaut with or without Tucker. I think Julio's the engine that made this Mariners team run. I agree. I mean, the 25 steals on Julio probably puts him over the edge, but I would hear out a case for. I mean, 46 homers, a lot of home runs. It gets kind of slept on with the judge thing, but judge hitting 62. But 46 is a massive amount of home runs. And honestly, even though I don't like Trout, doing what he did, missing a bunch of games, pretty good. All right, and then the starting pitchers, we can only pick five. So I'll name who I picked, and you could just say yes or no. How about that? I'm going to have to do my five. Let me do my five in real time. All right, I got Sandy. Sandy's easy. Sandy is an easy one. I took Verlander. Verlander is another easy one. I went with Fromber. This is in no order. Fromber. I would agree with Fromber. So consistent. I went with Otani. I don't have Otani. And I went with Dylan Cease. I have Gallon over Otani. Yeah, well, you know I love Gallon, but I ultimately just went with Otani over Gallon. Other guys, not, honestly, I would put Gonsolin over Dylan Cease. Sixteen and one. I don't. I value the wins. Sixteen. You're sixteen and one. You're on my all MLB team. That's an incredible record. 
No, this was a tough one for starting pitcher. I mean, Rodon. Uh, think of the guys who we didn't even bring up. Rodon, Strider, Urias, Javier, McClanahan, Manoa, you Darvish, Garrett. But I think when I did this, I had Urias on it over um, over Goslin. All right. And then two relief pitchers to me, that's very – This is the, another easy one. Edwin. Class and Edwin. Yep. All right. That's all I got for this week's podcast. Free agent bonanza next week. A couple early moves this week. Hot stove should be heating up. Any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast? Yeah, thoughts go out to the University of Virginia with the shooting yesterday. Put the fucking guns away. Just stop doing it. Yep. I, I mean, it should be the biggest no-brainer and the fact that, not to get political, but the fact that half of our country plus things otherwise when people are just dying left and right year after year after year. It's just my one more, uh, one more announcement. People of Georgia, get out and vote. Don't let Herschel Walker anywhere near the Senate. The fact that we even had to just say that statement kind of makes my head explode. Like Tommy Tuberville, at least is like, could speak eloquently and was like a leader of men at one point. Like Herschel Walker guaranteed has CTE. This guy was an Olympic bodsledder and an MMA fighter in addition to being a running back his whole life. There is no way his brain works. Well, I mean, just you if you listen to him, try and get word down, you know his brain is. Yeah, it's very upsetting. I will say on my end, it's my brother's birthday Friday. Happy to Mac. We'll be celebrating. 23 years old. It's Michael Jordan here. Willie Mays dog. I'm going to watch it tonight. I will have an update on how that is uh, for next week's podcast. Um, and I will say he's not in the bigs anymore, but driving down the street and seeing a major league, former major league baseball player, four houses down will never not be cool. Good to see you in the neighborhood, Frank. You should have a catch like, um, like Chase and Mac. You should write him a letter. Chase and Frank instead of Chase and Mac. We'll see. Never say never. Maybe I'll try to get that before he goes to Mexico. Why don't we try and get him on the podcast now that he's not doing much? That's not a bad idea. I'll see how we could try to approach that. It won't live up to his part in my take interview. That's the problem. Him and Wisdom went on, and they just knocked it out of the park. We could just be guys being dudes. Well, I'd like to think we're always just guys being dudes, but I digress. On that note, with Bryce Holden, my name is Jason Medorsky. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great week. <laughs>